Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so. We love and miss everybody who's not with us today. Sorry you're not, but hallelujah. We're expecting anyway. Hallelujah. I hope you're expecting. Amen, amen. I am. Lord, help give us the grace and strength to get through today in this word. This is a word you're going to want to pay attention to. I'm almost sad Amy and Cynthia is going to miss it. Hallelujah. I almost told them to stay in here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm titling today's message. If you're, you're, if you're ready for it, you can get your Bibles. Go and turn to the book of Luke chapter 1. This is not a message about the birth of Jesus, but I'm going to go just before it and lead us right into it. And it's a, I, I'm telling you, if you have an ear to hear this word today, this is a word for you for right now. Uh-huh. This, this is a word that can revolutionize and change you and change your relationship with God to change what you've been expecting if you will receive it. Don't, I don't want you just to receive this word today as if, oh, he's, he's doing it again. He's going he's gonna to say something and preach something, and I'm never going to see. That's up to you right now. We, 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 us on Tuesday nights, we're having a good time, and, and we're just done with church as normal. And if you've been serving a God that's just normal, then you're not serving my God. All right, you hear me? If you're having an experience with God that's boring, then, then that's on you. You've got something wrong. You're not plugged in somewhere. I'm telling you, you receive from God whatever it is that you put into it, whatever whatever it is that you come expecting to receive. And so this word today, I've titled it, if you've been online and watching on social media, then you know I've titled today's message, When Nothing Becomes Normal. When nothing becomes normal, you'll understand it more shortly, but uh, without delay, I just want to go to the Word of God so that we can get through this and I can get to you what I believe God has on assignment for you today. Uh, but, but you need to know that I believe we need to throw out church as normal today. Praise the mighty name of God. So just get that out of your system right now. Church as normal is over with. Hallelujah. So Father, have your way in this place. Today, Luke chapter 1, I want to begin in verse 10. So if you have your Bibles or your iPads or your phones or whatever it is you do, turn there with us, Luke chapter 1, verse 10. Glory to God. And if you didn't bring yours, it'll be on the screen. Hallelujah. Look at this. And the whole, I'm, I'm picking this up right in the middle of the story because it's imperative that we do that today. It says, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. In other words, at the time of prayer. Zacharias, so I want you to understand, Zacharias is, is ministering as, as a priest in the temple. Uh, 
But I want you to know as we go into this next verse, but multitudes of people are praying outside the temple and, and inside the temple at the time of incense or at the time of prayer. Incense is a representation of prayer. So verse, verse 11, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Oh, hallelujah. And many of the children of Israel, most church people aren't even filled with the Holy Ghost. Let alone being filled from your mother's womb. I'm coming for you today. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias and to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. She old too. And the angel answered, said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show you these glad tidings. The last verse, verse 20. And behold, oh God, look what happens to him. And behold, you shall be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season oh my god my god my god what you're about to hear you probably never heard preached the way it's about to come to you hallelujah look at that last verse he said because you did not believe you will be as dumb and not able to speak till this shall come to pass hallelujah so i've titled today's message when nothing becomes normal when nothing becomes normal, God wants to shatter what we consider normal in the church. He wants to shatter what you come in here with. with sometimes we come in with our, our lackadaisical, lack of expectation, just believing it's going to be another day. The same way we wake up and expect our marriages, our relationships, our, our livelihood to be the same way without expectation, we do that with God. Uh-huh. Most people's marriages don't change because you're not expecting anything different. We're not expecting anything different on a job, right? We're not believing for anything different because it's been that way for so long. And we end up serving God that same way. And before you know it, our churches are dry and stale and without the Holy Ghost, without the fire of God. But God wants to come and turn our, allow, when nothing becomes normal, he wants to reverse that and he wants to shatter our norm. So he wants you and I to understand going into this this morning that, that, that our normal is going to shatter if you'll allow it. 
It, it won't, I want you to hear me, it won't break because if it's broken, it can be fixed. But, but I really believe God wants to shatter what we believe is normal. Shatter what we believe is normal, that, that your normal life would be, would, be, would be turned upside down. That it wouldn't be like you've been expecting and experiencing. See, that would be a blessing for some of you. I, I, I hope you're hearing me already. Don't, don't tune me out just because I stepped on your toes already. Grow up. Amen. God wants to shatter your norm. We're, we're such a touchy, sensitive, uh, wimpy-fied people anymore. You just need to get, you, sometimes we just need to hear what we need to hear. The problem is, is we're so rebellious, we don't really want to hear what God has to say anymore. If God really spoke to you the way that that angel just spoke to, to, uh, uh, to, to uh, Zacharias, most of you would leave. If God showed up today and said, because of your unbelief, you, you're going to be deaf, dumb, and not speak, you'd leave the church. Because we can't handle that anymore. But he that hath an ear here, I'm not mad. I'm going to try to bring something positive to you. But I want you to open your spirit. Don't get religious on me. Don't try to, to tune it out thinking this isn't for me. It can be for you if you want to receive it. If you're comfortable with your normal, if you're good being broke, if you're good being unhappy, if you're good being depressed, then, then perhaps you chose the wrong week to show up to church. But if you're tired of all of that, then this is a word for you. All right? All of that stuff, tricks are for kids. You've heard me say that. So this is a word for you when nothing becomes normal. So we're not going to focus on the birth of Jesus. We'll do that next week, all right? We'll do that next week. But rather, we're going to focus on the birth of John, the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Oh, hallelujah. It's good. I want you to understand a little bit. I want to give you an understanding because we can read the text and we get an understanding of what the text says, but I want to give you an indication of the feeling of the atmosphere of the day. And that's sometimes hard to do to really understand where we're coming from in the text. I, I, I need to help you understand the temperature of the day that they were living in. This is a time that Israel is not ruling and reigning in power and authority. It's a time that as we prepare for Christ to be born, that Israel is a time in history where they have no king. There's no powers, there's no governors, there's no leaders directing the country. They are in their homeland, but they are not at home. These are people that know what it is to be captive in a strange place. So here they are at home, but it's as if they're captive in their own home. It's sort of like if any of you have ever been on house arrest. I know none of y'all have, right? We're, we're too good for that. But, or, or if you've just been shut up. If, when we went through COVID, I about went star crazy, needing to get out of my house, right? Be, being, being not able to go nowhere, right? Uh, all of those sort of things. It's sort of like you're, you're at home, but you don't feel at home anymore. Or sometimes we'll go to family dinners and you're so uncomfortable, you, you just don't even feel like you're at your home place, Right? So it's like, it's sort of like those things. You can be in your home, but not really be free. How many have ever been around someone that you just can't really be yourself with? Some of you religious people, I feel that way about you. Right? There's just some churches you go to, you just don't feel right. Right? You, you just can't worship right. You start worshiping, break out in the spirit, and they look at you like you've lost your mind. Uh-huh. I just can't really be comfortable. I can't really be free. And so you and I are, are reading the events of, of, of the text that are happening, but you can't really read the atmosphere of the moment. And that's what I want to try to convey to you in these next couple of minutes. So uh, imagine it this way. Imagine a foreign power 
came into our country and destroyed our government and our way of life. Think that not strange, though. Don't think that it couldn't happen. Uh Uh-huh. That's what we're reading in the text. A foreign power has entered Israel, overthrown their government, and now they're in control. And so think about it this way. If we walked out of church today and we walked down, all of our traffic signs have been replaced and they're, they're posted in other languages. So that all the foreign powers that be crossing our border and flying in and whatever country decided to take over, they can read and understand. That they'd no longer be concerned. I, you know what I'm talking about? When, when you get anything from the government now, it doesn't just come in English. It comes in two other languages too. They're already preparing us for, to, to, you know, cater to everybody else. Don't get me started. Anyway, imagine if we walk out of church and now our traffic signs are in other languages. The tanks are filling our streets. They've asserted their power and their authority that our president is not the president. Congress and Senate are no longer there, but some foreign powers in control. Watch Facebook take this down because that's how y'all are. So we'd be in this country, but we're, we're under control of a sovereign power. The Roman Empire was a superpower that extended for miles and miles and miles beyond Rome. They were able to control well beyond the, the reach of, of Rome. And Caesar was the ruler with various people in all kinds of various places under his control that were reporting back to him that, 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 that managed the children of Israel even in their own houses. And so you expect to sort of feel like a stranger in a strange place, but you do not expect to feel like a stranger in your own house. But that's what they're dealing with. They're feeling like a stranger in their own home, in their own country. I can sort of deal with strange people when I go to Walmart. I can deal with strange people when I go to other places. I can even deal with some of you strange people in church. Hallelujah. But what I don't want to have to deal with is strange people even in my own house. Uh huh. I don't have to tolerate crazy there. So if you come to my house crazy, I'll show you the door. But I have to tolerate crazy in church. I have to tolerate it at Walmart and at the mall and everywhere else. Amen. But my home should be my haven, my place of rest. That's where I shouldn't have to deal with crazy and unfamiliar things. But one thing I'm thankful for that is as crazy as our country has become, and she has become crazy, there's still something very comforting about the fact that, that I know how things work within our country at least for the most part, that, 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 that there's still something comforting to know that if I ever get in trouble, at least I still know the government works the way that it works. Or if I ever get cuffed and stuffed, I know that if I go to jail, that I'll get to plead my case, get to go to trial. You hearing what I'm saying? That at least I still know that the, how the laws and those things still operate here, right? That, but that is not the case in the text that we're reading. In the text that we're reading, the, the people of Israel could walk the streets and smell the, 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 the scent of bread being baked in the bakeries that were open, but all at the same time smell the awful smell of decaying flesh of all the many people who have been crucified by the thousands. Because Rome believed in 
horrific displays of crucifixion of all mankind. Jesus wasn't the only one. And they did it in such a way to intimidate and inflict fear to assert their control. This was sort of the feeling at their home. The people had been stripped of their authority and they were, there was no longer a succession of a king in Israel. And so the people were trying to hold on to parts of their history, of their culture, and of their faith. But they are facing the possibility of a succession of priests now. Zacharias, I want you to understand who he is as we go into the deep part of this message today. Zacharias was important because he was one of the, 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 uh, he, he was one of the shreds that they had left of their culture. They were trying to hold on to whatever it was that gave them identity. Hallelujah. But Zacharias is an old man. He's done a good job. We understand through Scripture he's been faithful. He's been loyal. And, and his wife is barren. She was barren before she got old. But see, now she's old and barren. So see, it's, it's, it's a two-pronged problem. Elizabeth is barren and she is old. But before she ever got old, we know that she was barren. Two problems. Oh, hallelujah. And so because she is old and because she is barren, there is no hope for a succession of priests from Zechariah. Yet this old man who is wrinkled and bald probably and showing his age stumbles into the temple. This is the part of the text that we begin to read. Stumbles on into the temple. And the reason he stumbles into the temple, I need you to understand, because there was nothing really normal about their time and because they were not experiencing a time that, that anything seemed normal what they were used to, he stumbles in the, into the temple to maintain some semblance of who they are as a people, to try to maintain some sense of normalcy. Now, this is not a prelude necessarily to the Christmas story. What I'm sharing with you today, I know we could preach it that way. I'm not going to preach it that way today because that's not my point. This is, this is, so this is not a prelude to the Christmas story. This is a people fighting for who they are. This is a people fighting for who they are. That's somewhat similar to who you and I are today, even in our nation. We are fighting for who we are as a people. If you don't think that, then you've got your head in the sand in this nation right now. We are a people fighting for who we are. These were a people, they are going through rituals and they're going through routines and they're going through traditions. Now, I'm not always a fan of traditions. Sometimes they annoy me, you know, but, but we in our society, we have little respect for traditions anymore. But what I do understand about being traditions is that, that traditions help you and I to, to, to have and possess our own identity. We, we are like a people. We don't like to follow really protocols and things like that anymore. We don't like to follow traditions anymore. We don't like that. But, but we, we, we work so, we, we, we kind of work so hard at fitting in that we often lose our own exclusivity. In other words, if you and I are weird an oddball and not always accepted, you need to thank God that just means that you're exclusive. Hallelujah. How many know not all of us fit in? That means that you're exclusive. You're one of a kind. 
that God broke the mold when he made you. Amen. Thank the Lord. You don't have to look like everybody else. You don't have to act like everybody else. I'm exclusive. Hallelujah. And so uh, Zacharias is holding on to what was. It was a time to light the incense and go to the synagogue to pray. That's what it is that we're picking up in this text. So part of the culture, are you still with me? I, I had to give you that history lesson so that we can now get to the, the real message of today. So if you're here online, don't go to sleep. Don't tune off now. We're getting where we need to be. But I have to give you the history so you can understand the, the environment they are in. So it, it, it is, it is, it, they're holding on to, to where, they, where they were. And it was a time to light the incense and go into the synagogue and pray. And part of his culture is his religion and his God. And so Zacharias says, let's, let's keep lighting the incense. So there is prayer, we understand through the word of God, there is prayer going on on, on the inside of the synagogue, and there's prayer going on on the outside of the synagogue. Because that was the, the bit of normal they had left. There wasn't much of their normal life that was left, but they had decided, yeah, we're going to let them pray. That can't do too much harm. We'll, we'll, we'll let them gather and pray. We'll let them gather outside the temple. We'll let them gather on the inside of the temple. We'll, we'll let them do that. We'll let them keep that. We've, we've taken away everything else of theirs. We've taken away everything else of their normal life. And so we're going to let them pray. And so he, he, this is the text that we read today. So in, in, it was in his desperation. It was in the desperation of Zacharias that he went in to pray. It was his normal. It was normal for Zacharias to go in and pray. It was normal for all the church people to gather together in the synagogue and outside the synagogue to pray. And so as Zacharias was trying to hold on to normal, prayer is happening where? Inside, and prayer is happening on the outside. And normal is all that they have left of their God. And so it was a normal day in church. Uh-huh. Say it was a normal day in church. Uh-huh. He, 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 it was a normal day to go to church. And he's in the place, watch this now, he is in the place where things happen. Zacharias is in the building where things happen, but he is no longer expecting things to happen. Oh, help me, Lord. I said, Zacharias is in the building. He is going to prayer. All church people like you and I are gathered inside and outside of the building to pray. A place where they used to expect things to happen, but they are no longer expecting things to happen. They're just doing what is their tradition. Mm -hmm. Oh, how that looks like the picture of the Church of America today. 
We show up to church, but you don't expect nothing. You show up and you don't do anything different than you did last week, but you want God to move. You, you haven't prayed all week. You didn't read your Bible all week, but Holy Ghost, fill me. Make me shake, rattle, and roll to the floor. Pour out your spirit and may the fire of God fall, but I'm as still as I was last week. That's the kind of position they were in. That they, Everything was falling apart around them, but you look at this. They, I mean, their whole country had been taken over. They're coming in. They're praying to God who does things and they're not expecting him to do anything oh yes not 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 expecting him to show up we know that based on what the response from Zacharias is when the angel shows up oh hallelujah so it was their normal day to go to church they're in the place where things happen and they're no longer expecting things to happen. So they're praying, but not expecting. There's multitudes praying outside, but they are not expecting. Look at this. Zacharias is leading the church, but he is not expecting. Oh, my God. They are praying to God, but they're not expecting him to show up. I wonder if we prayed already today and weren't expecting. I wonder if, if you are guilty of worshiping God today. I know some of you were. I could see it. Could you see it, Ramona? I could see it. I, I'm just going to tell you now. I could see some of you, you weren't expecting anything because of your lazy worship. Oh, yeah. It'll be one of those. We're not expecting anything. We're not expecting God to move. If I just give him a little bit more, he might respond, right? If I just spend some time in prayer, if I would just maybe help pray with or for the preacher, maybe God would move, right? We come and we just don't expect anything different. I wonder if he'll have us out in time to get out before Faith Assembly does. I wonder if he can get us out before the Baptist church down the street does because once they get to Texas Roadhouse, there ain't no seats left. Uh huh. See, that's what you come to church to do. I wonder if he'll have us home before the football kickoff. Steelers aren't playing today, and from what I saw, why do you want to watch them anyway? And so what's your hurry? That is what our mentality has become. Get me in and get me out. God, please, if you're going to move, move quick. And so that's what they were enduring. Our whole country is falling apart around us. I mean, watch the news, and if you're not, read a newspaper, do something. But I'm telling you, our country is not what it was even four years ago. It isn't what it was a week ago. Our world is not what it was just a few years ago. Amen. Things are happening, and then we come to church and not expect anything different. We're just thinking, oh, we're going to do what we've always done, but not expect anything different. Oh, we're, we're not going to expect God to show up in Congress. We're not going to expect God to show up in, in the Senate. Amen. Instead, we expect what was leaked yesterday to happen in the Senate. We expect that, but we don't expect God to show up in their midst. The church has stopped expecting. Oh, hallelujah. And so they were praying and they were worshiping and they were preaching. And even Zacharias was leading the church and not expecting. 
They were taking offerings and not expecting. My God, my God, my God. My God, let me just tell you, we, we take offerings in the church and, and you're not expecting God to bless you for your giving. We, we take offerings and we give and we're not expecting God to sow that back to us. We just give, we just throw it in casually. Well, here. But the word of God that I read says I should give with an expectation. Amen. That when I give, he'll give back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Hallelujah. I see, I know, see, some of y'all don't like that because now I mentioned it. But see, when everything, when I pray, when I seek him, when I give, when I worship him, when I do all the things that the word of God commands me to do, he, he didn't say, oh, if you feel like, he said, I command you to do this. Then watch not what I will do as your God. See, we have problem with those kind of things because it, it puts you in responsibility. Preacher, don't talk about those things because it makes me responsible. Now it makes me accountable. It means you're responsible for what you're receiving from heaven. My worship dictates whether he inhabits the praises of this place. You do realize that. Your level. If you're lazy in your worship and you can't muster up a hand clap, a shout, a stand to your feet or whatever, if you can't give God your best praise, the Bible says he inhabits your praises. If what you gave him today, is, would, he, would he come and visit you based on what you gave him? Gloria, have you ever been to someone's house and they didn't make you feel real welcome? Uh-huh. Did you ever go back? And so that's what you do in your worship when you're lazy and you sit there with your arms crossed and act like you can't give nothing. You're like you invited him and then you're like, when are you going to leave? That's what we do. And so he, when his word says he inhabits your praises, he ain't coming where he ain't welcome. When you pray and try to ask God of something and he knows you're not really expecting, he's like, I ain't giving you nothing. You're not expecting. I don't have time to go into the depths of it. He, he, there has to be anticipation. There has to be an act of desperation. Oh, hallelujah. So they were praying. They were singing. They were preaching. They were taking offerings and not expecting. What amazes me about the text, the most amazing thing is everything that we're reading in the text is happening in the church. It's not happening at the Lions Club, it's not happening at the Amvets, it's not happening at the mall. We're reading this and it's happening in the text. It's not in the dance hall. So in other words, you have to stop blaming the world for why God ain't moving. Uh-huh. We have to stop blaming the world for why he ain't moving. Everything we're reading is happening in the synagogue, happening in the church. Amongst God's people. Oh, hallelujah. I told you it was going to be good today. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, 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 so this is not a text about, about unbelievers and a text about sinners. Unbelievers are supposed to not believe. Sinners are supposed to sin. That's why we call them Sinners. But the church is always fussing about what sinners are doing. They're supposed to sin. 
I'm not saying it's right, but that's why we call them what we call them. But the problem in the text, it's not about sinners, so don't get me wrong. The problem in the text is that, that the unbelief is in the house of God. That's the problem we see today. The text is talking about, and even today, unbelief is in the house of God. People say, why ain't we seeing what, what we read in Scripture happen in the church? Because unbelief is in the house of God. We sang the song earlier, I believe that you're my healer. No, you don't. I believe that you're all I need. No, you don't. No, you don't. So for those that really don't, you're wondering why we're crying and getting radical. You're wondering why a message in tongues comes after we start singing because you don't believe. But God said, for those that do believe, let me speak to you. And so the problem in the text is that unbelief is in the house of God. Unbelief is on their knees. Unbelief is clapping their hands. Unbelief was, was getting ready and dressed to go to church. In other words, unbelief is going through a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. Uh-huh. So they were going through a routine and not expecting anything to happen. Because, see, routine can kill expectations. In the same way that we get in a routine in our marriage, we lose a sense of expectation. We lose a sense of expectation when we go to work. We lose a sense of expectation when we come to church. Oh, come on. Well, I don't care whether you're married or still dating or whatever it is. Whatever your situation is, after you've been together long enough, you don't expect to go home and, and fireworks go off anymore. Do I need to be any more clear what I'm trying to tell you? We stop expecting. Thank you. I'm glad somebody, I'm just not going to spell it out. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because we stop expecting. We get in a routine and a routine kills expectations. We lose our sense of expectation. And so when you pray, you expect God to show up. While, Zach, well, while Zacharias was praying, the very thing that they were asking God to do, watch this, while they were praying, the very thing they were asking God to do, he did. I mean, imagine that. The very thing they were asking God to do, he did. And the church got shocked. God stepped in the house. The master came in the house, and the people that were praying were shocked. Of course they were. Of course, of course they were. They were shocked in the same way that if God would do what you and I are asking him to do today, it would shock most of you. We talk about God showing up. Amen. We, we pray about it. We were praying about stuff in the back this morning. And if God did what we were praying about in the back, oh, my God, it would shock most of you. Some of you would be like, what is going on? I don't understand it. Because you came, but you didn't expect. Oh, my God. If he would show up in every church in our city this morning, probably most of them wouldn't know what to do. Most of the preachers, I'm telling you, I know this for a fact because I know most of y'all. 
you wouldn't know what to do. Got quiet. They're already mad at me, so be mad. Hallelujah. They, they don't like to invite me to their functions. I don't care. Keep your function. Keep your luncheon and your dinner. Hallelujah. I don't need it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we don't know what to do with the move of God because we're not expecting it. We'll pray and lay hands, but we're not expecting a limb to grow. We'll pray and lay hands. Oh, God, comfort him. God, help him. But we dare won't really pray and believe God to heal him because we don't know how to handle that. When was the last time? I mean, it's been a while since we prayed and saw someone turn in their walker and their cane and their wheelchair. We have some around here from over the years. But it's been a while. Because we're not expecting. I said, we're not expecting. You know what God said to me when I was prepping this? I've been stirred on this word since Tuesday. God said to me, God said to me to let you know this is a prelude that he's getting ready to shock you. I said, he said he's getting ready to shock you. Uh-huh. He's getting ready to shock you because you've gotten used to business as usual. We say stuff. We pray, but, but don't expect anything to change. But that's why God said he wants to shatter your normal. Not break it, but he wants to shatter your normal. And then the reason I believe God wants to shatter your normal for some of you is because the reason when, when I said, God, why do you want to shatter their normal now? He said, tell them I heard them. Some of you, in other words, God's saying he wants some of you to realize he, he heard your cry. He heard what you've been asking for. And so he's going to shatter your norm because he heard you. Simple as that. He showed up in the midst of Zacharias because he heard them. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He heard you. So God is getting ready to shatter what you're used to. Oh, hallelujah. See, Amy prophesied it in the back. She didn't even know what I was going to preach. But she already prophesied it in the back. But, but, but I'm telling you, he, he wants to shatter what you're used to if you'll let him. He wants to shatter the life that you think you're, that you consider normal, that it won't be normal anymore. See, they were used to praying and not getting an answer. Sound familiar? They were used to praying and not getting an answer, but God shattered their normal. He shattered their normal. In other words, Brother Clifford, can you get on the piano and play something? Just, just We need an atmosphere, and I don't want that goofy, stupid, automated music. We're going to flow today. Hallelujah. Hey, man, I know he's a note taker, so we might have to help him out with some notes or, or whatever. But, so, but, but we'll have to give him a recording, something. But, but we're going to flow today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can play that, I believe you're my healer in the background. Hallelujah. Because we need to stir some, some belief. Can I tell you, they were used to praying and not getting an answer. But God shattered their normal. In other words, God shows up in the middle of their praying and he says, we pause your regular programming for a special announcement. God is about to shatter your normal. 
God shows up in the middle of their church service and says, we pause your regular church service for a special announcement. That's what happened. And so Gabriel, watch this, Gabriel came in the room and shattered everything Zacharias called normal. And it was shattered by what he was praying for. Hear me now. Gabriel came in the room and shattered everything that Zacharias called normal. And it was shattered by what he was praying for. When, let me ask you this, when did nothing become your normal? When did your nothing become our normal in the church? When did nothing become normal on your job? When did nothing become normal in our marriages? When did nothing become normal in our churches? When did nothing just become normal where, where we're not expecting anything to change? See, I remember, I'm asking that question because I remember a time where we would pray and people would get up out of wheelchairs. I remember being in a church service in Fairmont, West Virginia, and someone got very sick. I've shared this story before. They got very, very sick. The church was very, very full in Fairmont, West Virginia, and the guy passed out. He died in church. We called 911. A bunch of us preachers gathered around to pray, and ain't nothing what happening. Nothing. Ambulance was still on the way. And so finally, my spiritual father came from the front. He said, get out of the way. He said, if you're going to pray, I'm going to show you how to pray and believe. He, I'm not kidding you. He picked the guy up off of the floor by his, by his suit coat. He picked him up and said, I said, live, and threw him like that. And the, the guy went like this. The paramedics came. I'm, true story. Paramedics came looking for a man passed out on the floor. They said, where's he at? We said, he's right there. They said, well, we thought he was, he, he was, there was no pulse. He was not alive, but he's okay now. They said, well, can we at least check him out? We'll take him for observation. They said, you can check him out. And the guy said, I ain't going nowhere. I'm alive. See, but we don't expect that anymore in church. We don't expect that when we lay hands on people that, that they'll recover in our sight. I remember times like that. I remember times when blinded eyes have been opened. I remember times when I've, we've laid hands and ears have been opened. But we've lost our expectation in the church. We've lost our expectation that what we're asking God for, it will really happen. See, see sometimes I believe this. We, we, we shared photos from our old sanctuary at the old building. And people used to make fun of us because we turned a bar into a church. They called me a druggie. They, they thought we were really secretly dealing drugs. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. They talked about me. They said we were the alcoholics church and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, just dumb stuff. But see, we did it because I believe that sometimes we need to leave our pretty church buildings and go where we see power. Sometimes we need to leave pretty and go where there's power. 
I'm not interested in how pretty it can be. I know our church is old and we got old dark paneling on the side walls and I know it, it, it's sort of old fashioned and whatnot, but see, I'm not interested in pretty. We need where, to know where there's power. Are you hearing me? God's not interested in what's pretty. God's interested in where there can be his power made manifest. We've turned it all wrong. My God, we've gotten it all wrong while, while we're spending millions. And I'm not against big churches having great things, but we'll spend millions of dollars to have pretty churches and there'll be no power. Millions of dollars and nobody's being raised from the dead. Millions of dollars and nobody's being healed. Millions of dollars and nobody's even really being saved. Oh, they prayed a prayer. Yeah, they did. But you're not really telling them who we're called to be. You're still the heathen you were. There's no power. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? My heart yearns that, that our, our distribution line was so far on Thursday. It crossed the bridge past old Thurby's. Are you hearing me? It went to Nickman's Plaza. What if, what if that kind of line could line up for the power of God? Are you hearing me? What if we expected to the point that they would line up like that to get in here? They'll line up for free food at 2.30 in the morning, but we can't even fill this church on Sunday morning because we don't expect... What if, Don, what if, what if we expected like that? What if on a normal Sunday morning, just a normal Sunday morning, they showed up, prayer on the inside and prayer on the outside. And God did what they asked for. God did what they asked for. He, he shattered their norm. He shattered their norm. He shattered their norm. In other words, God saying, God said to me, God said to me, he wants, if you'll let him, he wants to be able to come in and shatter your sickness. He wants to be able to come in and shatter your circumstance. He wants to come in and shatter what you consider normal. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is sending Gabriel to your house today so that it will never be the same again if you'll let him, if you'll hear what I'm trying to tell you. And so watch this. We're not even to the best part yet. So Zacharias has his incense and the smell of prayer has changed the atmosphere in the room. I said the smell of prayer has changed the atmosphere in the room. That's why prayer is symbolized by incense because prayer changes the atmosphere. God can smell the prayers of the saints. They go up as a sweet smelling aroma. So when you pray, he can smell it. And so prayer is important in this story. Because prayer is the bridge to the pregnancy. See, you can't have a pregnancy without relationship. And the prayer that they were praying was the bridge to the pregnancy of Elizabeth. 
the prayer is what created the disruption. The prayer is what shook things up. The, the prayer opened the door for Gabriel to come in. And Gabriel says to them, he says, you've been praying. Gabriel says to Zacharias, he said, you've been praying and you're going to get pregnant. Now, keep in mind that Zacharias has been praying for years. He was praying many years ago when he and Elizabeth were both young and she was just barren. But now the Bible says she is both barren and old. In other words, that we serve a God that even when it looks like it's well beyond your ability, even when it looks like it's you're well past your youth, even when it looks like you've dealt with this so long, it will never get any better. I know I'm not just preaching to myself today. He's saying even when you're when you're not just when you're you're old, but when you're old, barren, and it's all shut up, even when you're past the years of working, even when when you when you've been in, in poor so long, you don't know what being rich would even look like. Even when you've been alone so long, you don't know what it would be like to have someone in your life. God's saying, I'm the kind of God that can disrupt that. So Zacharias had been praying for years, ever since they were young. But the Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Zacharias, even though he wasn't expecting, he was still praying. And so when the angel comes and says, when Gabriel comes and says, you're going to get what you've been praying for. Elizabeth will conceive. Zacharias basically says, get out of here. Get out of here. His response is, she is both barren and old. He says, come on now, get out of here. This is what's happening in the church. You expect doubt to be in the world. But this doubt is not in the world. This doubt is in the church. But church is like everything else. It can become normal. Church is just like a, a marriage that can become normal. Church is like your job that you'll get up and go to tomorrow and just be normal. Church is like your Sunday afternoon. It just becomes normal. But God was specific. He said, you're going to have a baby. And he says, it will be a boy. And his name will be John. Zacharias says, how can I have a son? Zacharias was going through forms of godliness. But his faith had retired a long time ago. Did you hear what I'm saying? His faith had retired a long time ago. He was going to holy places, saying holy things to holy people. But he wasn't believing it anymore. He was just keeping the normal. I don't want a normal religion. I didn't come to church for it to be normal. I can't stay home to do normal. Normal is boring. I believe normal is boring and, and, and boring in the nostrils of God. I believe that that's why God's not showing up in the church of America. It's because it's become normal. 
It's normal that God could not show up and say, I interrupt your regularly scheduled service today to make a special announcement. I've come to shatter your norm. Because we'd reject that. Oh, hallelujah. God wants you and I to come into this place to, to be able to expect a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He wants you not to come expecting, expecting to experience the power of God. God, deliver us from normal churches. God, deliver us from normal people. God, deliver us from normal worship. God, deliver us from normal prayer. Amen. What is it? What it what's so good about church if it's just going to be normal? Tell me, what's so good about church if it's going to be normal? What church is really supposed to be, according to the New Testament church, is abnormal? Where you come in with an expectation, but you can't even imagine what God will do next. That's the New Testament church. But you come in already knowing how it's going to go. Because we come in with a lack of expectation. See, I go to church. I come here to be abnormal. I come here to be abnormal, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. That's what the Bible says. And so Zacharias, being the religious guy that he was in the text, he points out to Gabriel all the reasons why they cannot become pregnant. Are you still with me? Okay, good. Good, because there's, there's more coming. Hallelujah. I'm still doing good. Hallelujah. Zacharias points all the reasons that this can't even begin to happen. Why Elizabeth can't get pregnant. He said, Gabriel, she's old. She's old. Isn't it just like us men to point out what's wrong with her? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, come on, man. Let's own it. Yeah, that's the point. Notice he said, she old. He neglected to mention he's old too. He says she's past childbearing years. So what do you and I do when God gives us a word that makes no sense? What do you do when God speaks a message in, in, in tongues? Or you come up and get hands laid on you and he starts speaking a message that makes no sense that somehow in your old age you're supposed to write a book. Or that God's going to give you something that you've heard so many times and you've never seen it. What do you do when God speaks a word that makes no sense? See, he told Gabriel all the reasons that this couldn't be. And all the reasons that Zacharias gave were normal reasons. Every reason Zacharias gave, it all made sense. It was, it was normal. It was, it was normal. It was the same kind of excuse I would give if I was Zacharias. But what he did not know, what Zacharias did not know is that we do not serve a normal God. That we have a God that wants to shatter our normal. That we have a God that wants to go beyond your normal. That we have a God that wants to wait until it's impossible for normal to get it done. 
so, so that you will know that had it not been for the Lord on my side, it never would have happened. Are you hearing me? God wants to be able to shatter your normal. And so notice something. Gabriel didn't answer any of the normal excuses that, that Zacharias gave. He didn't answer any of them. He didn't say, I'll make her younger. He didn't say, I, 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 I'll take years off your life. He didn't say, Zacharias, I'm going to give you a Viagra pill. Just look under your pillow. He, he, didn't, say, he didn't say, you have to put on some Luther Vandross music and, and, and create a mood. Notice, the angel didn't say none of that. See, I come from that time when you turned on a little Luther, right? Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Gloria knows what I'm telling. Hallelujah. Notice, notice. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that we waste so much time telling God why it can't happen. And the angel Gabriel, I'll get to that in a moment, Gabriel doesn't even acknowledge any of his normal excuses. He doesn't even entertain his unbelief. Doesn't do it at all. The angel didn't give a normal answer at all. <laughs> he didn't give a normal answer at all to every normal reason he gave the angel why he couldn't have a child. All the angel said is, I am Gabriel. I am Gabriel. Now, some of you may not fully understand that, so let me explain it to you. To every excuse that Zacharias gave, she's old, I am Gabriel. She's barren, I am Gabriel. We're both old, I am Gabriel. The reason that that's important was he responded, I am Gabriel, meaning you doubting my word is an insult, Zacharias. So he says, I am Gabriel. This is why it's important, because angels are ministering spirits. It means, it means to be a messenger. It means that angels cannot speak of themselves. Angels cannot come and give you their opinion. Angels cannot come and give you their interpretation. Angels cannot come and do that. They cannot speak of themselves. So in other words, the word didn't come from them. The word came from the Lord. Gabriel was telling Zacharias what God said. Are you hearing me? The angel was not speaking on their own accord. The angels do not have independent spirits like you and I. Trying to give our own word and doing our own thing. The angel shows up and says, I am Gabriel. In other words, don't you know? I speak on behalf of the Lord as if it were the Lord. I am Gabriel. You will have a child. So in other words, when he, when he announces, I am Gabriel, Gabriel is saying, I am about to shatter your normal. I'm about to shatter what you conceive and perceive in your mind as normal. He says, I'm getting ready to break the rules. I'm getting ready to do something in spite of the evidence that she's old, in spite of the evidence that you're old, in spite of the evidence that she is barren, I'm about to do something different. I want you to understand something I'm telling you this morning.
The word I'm preaching you is not a word for 2023. This year's almost over. And you and I can't get pregnant and birth this word before the end of the year. So I said, God, why are you giving me this word now this time of year? He said, because I've given you this word when nothing becomes normal because of what I want to do in 2024. I don't want my people to look normal in 2024. He doesn't want nothing to look normal in your life. So God is about to do something abnormal. God is about to do something out of the box. God is about to do something crazy. God is about to do something ridiculous. He's about to shatter your normal. Now watch this. Gabriel says to him, Gabriel says to Zacharias, because you doubt me, because you hold on to normal in the presence of the prophet, because you hold on to practical in the presence of supernatural, I am going to shut your tongue down. I'm going to shut your mouth, Zacharias. That, that's the text we read, remember. And I thought that was peculiar until I remembered that the Bible says that there was the, 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 the power of life and death are in your tongue. And so God is saying to the church, if I need to, I'll put you in a position to shut you up, to keep you from messing up what I've been trying to do in your life. In other words, watch this. In other words, some of you have been speaking against yourself all of your life. You come in here and you pray and you believe for something and then you leave here and you speak out of your mouth exactly opposite of what you believe in God for. You are no different than Zacharias who went through a normal routine praying but not expecting. We'll come in here and we'll pray and then we'll go out there and complain about how much in pain we are and how wrong everything is. And God is saying, I want to shatter your normal. And if I have to, I'll shut the very mouth that keeps getting in the way of my word that I'm trying to make. Are you hearing me? I believe. I believe that's what's happening in the Church of America, that God is trying to shut down the mouths of the people who will not believe. Where are our mega church pastors now? Where are they? Oh, gee, you didn't make it through COVID? You mean everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that which remains is of God? So I'm just telling you the truth. The reason why there's so many closed churches in Uniontown, drive around, and the ones that don't look closed are about to be. Because nothing has become our normal. Nothing has become our normal. See, every time God got ready to do it in your life before, your mouth got in the way. 
Somebody needs to hear me today. I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm trying to help you and show you life and death are in your tongue. And every time God got ready to do it before, your mouth got in the way. And so sometimes in order for God to bring it about in your life, you have to shut your mouth. Sometimes in order for God to make it come to pass, you have to be able to just be quiet and hold your peace. See, it may not be polite, but sometimes we just have to shut up. See, we have to sometimes just shut up and stop telling ourselves what we can't do. Stop telling ourselves what what can't be. Stop telling yourself what you can't have. Stop telling yourself what you can't get. Stop telling yourself it's too large. Stop telling yourself you you, you, you have to do this. Stop telling yourself you're an addict. Stop telling yourself what used to be. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we have to just shut up. That's basically what Zach, that's basically what Gabriel says. I am Gabriel. Shut up. He told Zacharias what I'm going to get ready to do in you. I already have a name for him and his name will be called John. Now, see, most of us, and I've heard this preached every way. And every time I've heard this chapter preached, every preacher misses this. And it's sad. Because if you know Bible, then you would know that any priest, when they have a son, gives their son their name. Not this time. Oh, see, this is why you got to know your Bible. Because you'll miss the goodness of the Word of God. Every priest gives their son their name. And so any Bible scholar would tell you that this priest would pass his name to his son. But this will not be Zacharias Jr. Because you can't make your, him be you. This will not be Normals Jr. Hear what I just said. This will not be Normals Jr. His name will be called John. Later in the scripture, when he tells the people that his name is John, the people said, John? What? What do you mean, John? His name shouldn't be John. His name should be Zacharias. Because they responded. They said to him, none of that kindred have been called by that name. In other words, nobody in your family has that name, John. So in other words, what does that mean for you and I? What it means is what God is getting ready to do has never happened in your family before. See, that might not mean anything to you, but this is a word for people who are fighting generational curses. This is a word for people that everybody in your family has been an alcoholic. This is a word for people that everybody you know is a drug addict. This is a word for people that everybody in your family is in in poverty. This is a word for people that that you are just another one like everybody else that came before you. Am I talking to anybody today? So it won't be like your kindred. God God said, what I want to do for you, what I want to do for you has never happened in your family before. What God is getting ready to do in your life has never happened before. Hear what I'm telling you. That's a prophetic word. In other words, you will be the first in your family. Come on, my God. What 
if I am the first in my family to not be an alcoholic? What if I'm the first one in my family not to have some sexual perversion? Oh, oh, I, oh I said sexual in church. Yeah, what if I'm the first one? What if I'm the first one not to have to declare bankruptcy? What if I'm the first one to not have to get divorced? Are you hearing what I'm saying? God says he wants to do in you something that has never been done in your family before. And he already has a name for it. He has a name for it, brother. That God loves you. Think about it. Think about it. That what you've been praying for, Don, he has a name for it. What you've been praying for, what you long for, he has a name for it. My God. And it's going to have a name like nobody else. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Zacharias came out I told y'all I tried to warn y'all on, on Facebook social media and tell you that you needed to hear this word and that some of you were just too lazy to show up so it is what it is but you're here I'm glad you are people that are watching online I'm glad you are this is the word for you there, there are people that are hearing this word you are hearing this word and you're hearing it because God has called you here to this church and you are uh, you are uh, you are perched on your couches and you you refuse to give in but God wants to use you here if you will hear God can't do anything until you move I'm tired of pastoring you on your couch get up get up I'm tired of praying for you from your couch get up Zacharias came out of, watch this. Zacharias, he came out of the temple. Watch this, he came out of the temple. He couldn't talk. What the angel said was true, he, he couldn't talk. So he could only make signs. And God did that so Zacharias couldn't mess it up this time. God's trying to do new things in your life that's not normal. God wants to do innovative things in your life. God wants to stir up creativity. God wants to create businesses in you. God wants to do things in you that, that you, you think are abnormal, that they would never happen. God's trying to stir those things up. Everything I've told you up to this point all happened in church. The fight between fear and faith. But let me tell you something. Everything we've read, everything I've preached to you happened in church that day. And everything I just preached to you is happening in here right now. Whether you know it or not, there are some people that are in faith right now. And there are some people that are in fear right now. 
How do I know that? Because when I get up here every Sunday, you don't know it because you get to sit there and warm a chair. But I know that when I get up here every church and after I leave this place, I am exhausted because of the battle that I endure between your fear and your faith. See, I'm preaching. I am fighting. See, when I get up here and preach, I'm just not preaching to make you feel good. I'm, I'm fighting every voice of doubt that preached anything to you in your life every week. I, I, I get up here and I preach to fight against everything that ever said to you, you, you can never do it, that you will never mount anything, that it will never be, that you will never never overcome, that it will never happen in your life, that, that you'll never get what you wanted to get. Are you, I, I always have to fight your unbelief. So even now in this moment, I'm in a war trying to bring the best of you out of you. Right now, as some of you are excited and then some of you are gripped with fear because you are thinking, but what if he won't do it? Okay, Zacharias. Does he have to shut your mouth? Does he have to? So they did all of this in the church. The word in the church, the message from Gabriel. In this controlled environment of shutting down his mouth. He even shut his mouth down in church. And God did all of that to get him ready for what God was going to do. And I thought about that and I thought, God, God said, you know, Adam, sometimes y'all just talk too much. Sometimes you just talk too much. Sometimes you're loose lips sink your ships and it keeps us from going where God's trying to take us see God is wanting to try to get you and I to stop talking normal if some of you will dare to step in faith in a few moments you can receive a miracle see you're worshiping supernatural but you're talking normal we were worshiping earlier we we are worshiping supernatural but we end up talking normal so all of this is happening in the church but I want to show you what is really amazing when you get to the very end so we can close with this When you get to the end of the chapter, when Zacharias' ministrations were completed, his ministrations or his responsibilities were completed, the Bible says that he went home. In other words, you can't believe it at church. You and I can. We can come to church and we can believe it at church. But you can only conceive it at home. Watch this. Because the Bible says he went home. And he got her pregnant. See, you can't just believe it in church. And then go home and not act on what God says. So what is God trying to say to you and I? God says, until what's happening in your church 
starts happening in your home. I said, until what's happening in church starts happening in your home, you're not going to see it. Or put it this way, until your religion doesn't have a worship hour. Uh, stay with me because we're, we're getting to the best part. Until your worship doesn't have a worship hour, meaning, oh, it's 11 o'clock. We got to go into the message, preacher. Or, or, oh, it's Tuesday afternoon at 2. That doesn't mean you can't worship God. It doesn't mean you wait on me to get on the piano to start worshiping God. I appreciate going to a church that when you walk in, people are already worshiping God without me on the instruments. So until your faith gets in your journey back home, you will never see the power of God do what it is supposed to do in your life. In other words, church, you and I can think that it's over, but it ain't. You can think that it's done, but it's God just getting started. God's saying, I've got some work to do. I, I, I See, I can't believe it in here, but I'll conceive it out there. See, you and I, it's easy. We believe something in here, but God's saying, I want to conceive what I'm trying to do in you even out there. That's why he says you need to be witnesses to me. God's saying it's going to happen in your life if you'll believe me. See, I just dare you today. I believe you need to give God praise for what's coming. I believe you need to give God praise for what's on his way. I believe you and I need to give God praise that nothing is no longer normal. That nothing is no longer normal. I don't care whatever your normal is. God wants to shatter it. Whatever your normal is, God wants to shatter it. Let me tell you something. If your normal isn't dancing, he wants you to dance. If your normal isn't shouting, then he wants you to shout. If your normal isn't praying, then by all means pray. If your normal isn't clapping, then by all means pray. What I know to be true. I know it's true about the church because it's true in the text. That most of you think and most of you feel like right now it's too late. That your body could never be healed. It's too late. That it's the wrong season or all the odds are against you. But I'm telling you that what you believe for is out of the box. It's crazy. But God said nothing or no answer is not to be your normal. See, we got a vision as a church that does not fit our neighborhood. I said, our vision does not fit our neighborhood. Our vision doesn't look like the neighborhood we live in. And some of you have been in love what once was in your life. What do I mean? Some of you have been in love with your normal. But nothing, no answer is not normal. God wants to shatter your normal. God wants to shatter that spirit of heaviness. God wants to shatter that, that spirit of depression that has been your normal. The issues in your body that has been your normal. God wants to shatter your normal. Some of you have given up thinking this is all your life will ever be. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
I rebuke that way of thinking. I rebuke that kind of mentality in the name of Jesus. I really believe that if you will act on this word in just a moment, God will give you potency and areas of impotency. God wants you to receive this word, believe it in here, and he wants you to conceive it out there. Now I got to tell you one more thing. And then we're going to give an altar call. That is not normal. If all you intend on is being normal, sit down, stay there, go home. I don't care which of the three. I mean, and I love you, but I'm so done. So know before I tell you this, it, it's not to be normal. The Bible says that Zacharias went home and he got Elizabeth pregnant. She's the only old woman in this city that's now pregnant. The Bible says she was shut up in the house for six months. Josephus says that the baby was not moving. The Bible tells us this. The baby wasn't moving. I don't know about you, but isn't there just some things in life that even though you pray, and even though God says he'll do it, it just looks like it's not changing. So Josephus says that the baby wasn't moving and the old woman, Elizabeth, was scared that what she was carrying was a stillborn. This means... I'm sharing that because I want you to have the understanding that when you and I get ready to conceive what God has promised in you and I today, that when God gets ready to move, sometimes it will feel dead. Sometimes it will feel like it's not happening. But it doesn't end there. Watch this. For six months, for six months, this old woman stayed shut up because she didn't feel anything moving like most women would feel. And she thought, see, I knew I was too, I knew I was too old. Like most of us church people, she thought, I knew I shouldn't believe only to be disappointed. I don't know why I ever believed for it only to die in my belly but the Bible says that after six months for everybody at home there was a knock at the door And it was her cousin Mary. The one, for those of you that don't know, the one that was pregnant with Jesus. 
And the Bible says, I don't say this, the Bible says that when she saluted Elizabeth, that the baby inside Elizabeth that felt dead leaped in the womb and came back to life. Are you hearing me? In other words, even if what you were believing God for or what you were carrying feels dead, carry it anyway. Keep going anyway. Are you hearing what I'm trying to put down for you today? Even if it looks like it's not changing, I can't tell you how many weeks I've preached at this church and it didn't look like it's changing. I can't tell you. I went on, on sabbatical in 2017 and ever since I went on sabbatical, it was completely burned out. I come in every week praying and preaching and waiting for this church to look like what it used to look like. After everybody walked out. When leadership walked out and said, we don't care that you don't have him call me. They were mad because I didn't call. They weren't concerned about what was dead inside. You need to hear what I'm laying down for you today. They weren't care. They didn't care. I didn't have anything else left. I wasn't there to lay hands and pray for them. And I didn't ask them to preach. So I'm going home. So ever since I came back in December 2017, I've been waiting to see the church. People of God showed me to look like what it was. I was preparing the word this week. The reason why I was so stirred some of you might remember that in May of this year, I prophesied that the church won't look the same a year from now. That was in May. We're almost there. And suddenly I realized I knew what Elizabeth felt like. When what you've been carrying look dead feels dead that it'll never be what they said it would be but when that knock came at the door and Mary saluted Elizabeth Elizabeth jumped my belly it's moved it's moving. When God started stirring this word in me this week, I, I sensed a shift. When we were getting ready to leave the office today, Renita and, 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 and Amy stopped me and prayed for me. And Amy looked, I think it was Amy looked and said, there's a shift. And she didn't know, know what God had spoke to me about what I felt in my spirit. I felt that leap in my spirit that Elizabeth felt that that quickening Elizabeth felt that baby leap in the womb and it came back to life well I'm trying to tell you church 
is that just when you think it's not going to happen, a knock will come at the door. And it will quicken that thing that felt dead. That thing that you thought would never change. Nothing will no longer be normal. Nothing will no longer be normal. God is getting ready to shatter your normal. In other words, if you can, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right here. This is what I hear. I hear a knock at the door. I hear a knock at the door. Like Mary knocked on the door of Elizabeth. I, I hear a knock at the door. Somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord. The reason I share with you that God gave me this word is he gave it as a word to me that I need to be ready for the change that I've been looking for, that I've been waiting for. So that you can be ready. There's a knock at the door today, church. He came to church with you today. And he wants you to believe it in here. But you got to conceive it out there. I'm here to tell you that knock at the door, it's Jesus knocking at the door. Jesus knocking at the door to bring to life everything that you thought was dead. To bring to pass everything that you thought never would happen. To bring forth dreams and visions that you thought were dead. To heal what you thought never would be healed. To mend what you thought never would be mended. To break you from free from depression that you thought you'd always have. To, to help you and, and to break you free from a, from, a, from a spirit of heaviness that you thought you'd just have to live with. To break you and I out of the, the, the memories and the visions and the, 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 the things that you and I have dealt with. Some of you have dealt and come through hell. And you just need God to set you free. And every time someone gets close to you, you reject them because of what you've been through. And God God says, knock, knock, knock. Are you all still with me? See, that's the best part of this whole message is when, 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 when Mary knocks on the door. Elizabeth thought she was carrying something dead. You might think that what you were living, what you were carrying, what you were going through, you might think you will never be healed. Some of you thought that. Some of you have thought that. Some of you thought that your life will never be like it used to be or you will never get what you, you heard the promises of God. You will never see manifest. But I'm here to tell you that he's knocking at the door. Nothing is no longer going to be normal. God doesn't want a know-nothing answer to be your answer. He doesn't want that to be normal. Instead, he's coming to shatter your normal. To shatter it. Even as if I would just knock this pulpit over and this glass would shatter. That's what God wants to do to your normal way of life. He wants to shatter it into pieces to show you what he can do. So Lord... We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe. Sure, my. 
believe you are all I need. I believe that you're my portion. I believe more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Now watch this. If you say, Lord, I need you to shatter my norm. If you say, Lord, I need nothing to no longer be my normal. Don't wait. I want you to come up here. I don't care if you stand or you kneel or you lay on your face before God. I don't care. Do something you've never done before. Hear me. Nothing can no longer be normal. Nothing can no longer be normal. But we're going to believe God today for some things. We're going to believe God for today for some things. Because I believe that you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Oh, Lord. I believe that you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all I healer I believe you are all I need I believe that you're my portion I believe you're more than enough for me Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Just keep going, brother. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. When nothing becomes your normal. Church, don't let nothing be your normal. Pray just for a moment. Pray just for a moment. I don't want nothing to be my normal. I 
I don't want church the way it has been to be my normal. I, I don't want my home to be my normal. I don't want my sickness to be my normal. I don't want my mental capacity to be my normal. I don't want this affliction to be my normal. I, I, I don't want my depression to be my normal. I don't want my addiction to be my normal. I don't want what I've been going through to be my normal. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But God, come shatter my normal. God, come shatter my normal. I don't want my unbelief to be my normal. I, I, I don't want that to be my normal. So God, help us today. Help us today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today. Come into this room. You knocked. You knocked. And so, Lord, we answered. And just like the, 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 the baby inside Elizabeth was quickened, Lord, let the spirit within every person in this place be quickened, I pray. God, let the physical ailments within these people be quickened in the name of Jesus. Father, I need you to touch them because I don't have catchers today. I don't have all the help today. God, I need you to touch them where they are. I need you to touch them where they stand. I need you to touch them where they kneel. I need you to touch them where they sit, God. I need you to do it, God, as only you can. So, Father, I'm praying today that nothing would be no longer be their normal. That nothing no longer be their normal. God, I pray that you would touch emotional disorders. God, I pray that you would touch mental disorders. I, I pray that God you would touch physical ailments in the name of Jesus. I pray that God that you would touch and heal in areas of sickness and disease. I, I pray God in areas where we are afflicted. Your word declares many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. So Father let the deliverer show up today. Let the healer show up today, God. Let the miracle working God show up today. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Now God do what you can do in this place that nothing will no longer be my normal normal church won't be my normal normal pain won't be my normal that dissatisfaction isn't my normal depression won't be my normal that joyless won't be my normal In the name of Jesus. I rebuke what is normal in my life. I rebuke what is normal in my life. God, do something abnormal. Now in the name of Jesus. Father, touch your people across the front of this room this morning. Lord, touch them. Do something abnormal. God, do something that only you can do as we've worshipped. Come on, church. Just, just praise him where you are. Do something abnormal. God, do something peculiar, Lord. Do something extraordinary, God. Do something that is beyond, Lord, what we're used to, God. Do something that, Lord, is beyond what we even could conceive in our mind, God. Do something like, like Elizabeth endured, Lord, where even in her old age, God, she becomes pregnant with John. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do something out of... Out abnormal. You would do something out of box. God, you would do something uh, marvelous. God, you would do something beyond expectation. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray right now. See, some of you are crying. Some of you are weeping. Give into it right now. If you are ever going to let God do what He needs to do in you, you've got to release what is in you. 
I said earlier, what I'm trying to preach to you is I'm trying to bring out of you what is in you. You got to let what's in you come out of you. There is greatness. There is goodness. The better version of yourself is still in there. This word was meant to bring it out. It was meant to bring it to the surface. Then the others of you that are believing God for a miracle, a healing, a supernatural touch. I need you to believe today. I need you to believe. And then when you leave here, conceive it by not getting, letting your mouth get in the way. Watch what you say. What, watch what you declare over yourself. Watch what you say that is against what you're believing for in the name of Jesus. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. Now, Father, touch your people in this room that before we ever leave here, before we ever go anywhere, before we go about our day, that God, it starts something in us that is not normal. That it's abnormal. It's abnormal, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you can, before we go, reach over, touch someone that you're saying. You don't have to grab them by the hand, touch their shoulder. I don't care. Grab them by the leg, grab them by the pants. I don't care. Just, just make some form of contact. Hallelujah. Because I believe in that. That what God will do in one, he'll do in all. I said, knock, knock, knock. And the Bible said that when, 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 when Mary saluted Elizabeth, that the baby that felt dead moved. So I believe today that just before we go and as we've opened the door, as we touch heaven, what's in you and what's looked like it will never happen will move. It will move in you. Dead vision. Things that you thought would never happen. Miracles you thought you were never going to see. That it will, it will quicken, it will move in you. It'll be the beginning of miracles in this place. See, see, I sense unbelief right now. I, I sense it. It, it. it just clammed up in here. But Father, in the name of Jesus, do what only God you're able to do right now in this place. God, just as, as, the, as, as John the baby was quickened in the belly of Elizabeth, Lord, I pray that you would quicken dead things within your people today in the name of Jesus. God, miracles we thought we'd never see, awaken them in the name of Jesus. God, God, God things that we 
thought would never come to pass in our life, awaken them in the name of Jesus. God, attitudes and mindsets and visions and businesses and dreams, oh God, that we thought were long gone and never to be seen. Do it in the name of Jesus, I pray. Just as, as, as Mary saluted Elizabeth, God, I thank you today as we touch one to another, agreeing today, God, do it in this place, I pray. Do what only you can do in this place, God. Quicken your people. Awaken it within them. Let miracles, let healings, let deliverance, God. Let these things be made manifest in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. 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 Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory.